Last week we spoke about Mary Magdalene, and you know the story of how she gave something to God. It was oil, and it was worth a year's wages. And she just poured it out upon the feet of Jesus. And he said, you did this for my burial. He said, every time the gospel is preached, you will preach about her. And, of course, that's what we do. We talk about this woman who worshipped not only through her giving, but she worshipped with her tears. And she worshipped with her hair. She dried his feet with her hair. And it it is a beautiful story of, of love and of sacrifice And today I want to share with you what we can do, some things that we can do, and we are in a season, it's my favorite season, it's a legacy season, and uh, it's my favorite time of year, it's Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving. I like to separate the two words, because it's an action word, it's thanks and you're giving, we're making a difference. So today I want to be your spiritual tour guide. And I want to bring you on a journey on the next few Sundays. And not just how we focus upon ourselves, but on others. Isn't it funny, the people that we meet, that the first thing that they want to do, they want to talk about themselves. They want to share something about them. But if you want to have really good conversation, one of the best things you can do is try to find out something about them first. And that creates good communication because if you always go to somebody about yourself, a lot of times we just kind of like to turn away, don't we? And we're like, okay, see you later. Nice, nice talking to you. But if we can share something about our story and our past, this is, this is the legacy. This is what we want to share. Some of you may ask, so what is your definition of legacy? And here's mine in a, I'm not sure if it's in your notes, if you want to write this down, but legacy is what people remember once you are gone. That's legacy. Legacy is what people remember about you once you have left this earth. And everyone, unless it's the rapture of the church, is going to die. Aren't you glad you came today? It's appointed unto man once to die. Is that correct? And after death is something. What is it? It's a judgment. And for the Christians, it's it's being rewarded for all the good that you've done. It doesn't save you in the least little bit, but it does give you rewards. In fact, Jesus said that he's coming back with his rewards in his hand when he comes back. There's something to this. And I want to be part of it. How about you? Everyone's going to leave a legacy if it's good or if it's bad once you die. Question is, what are people going to say about you once you die? That'd be interesting, wouldn't it? I know I've I've seen some movies where somebody faked their death so that they could hear what people said. And and it really, (laughs) you got to watch it. It's, It's pretty funny. But it's interesting how people who were haters all of their life, all of a sudden they changed and they realized that they really did love that person. And so everyone leaves a legacy. I want mine, and you probably feel the same way, I want it to be God-honoring. God-honoring. I want my kids, and maybe one day grandkids, if the Lord allows it, that they can be proud. They can be proud of me, of what my legacy is. 
And I know some of you, you're, you're trying your best to leave a good legacy. Let me share with you, as far as Life Church, we have a legacy as well. And, and I was thinking about all the different things that we have done over the years. But this year, in this season, I want to share with you what Legacy for Life Church is going to look like and that you can be a part of this. And we're going to start with Psalm 112, verse 5 and 6. Psalm 112, 5 and 6. And if you don't have a handout, you can get your Bibles out. Uh, you can get your phones out as long as you promise me you won't text somebody. Unless you're saying hashtag good preaching or something. That's... That's different. I'm just seasoned. Psalm 112, and starting with verse number 5. Notice this. Good. Everyone say good. Well, there's something positive right there. Good will come to him who is what? Generous. That's not just with your finances, but this is with your entire life. So good will come to him who is generous and lends freely, who conducts his affairs with justice. So how you act is important as well, the Bible's saying. Surely he will never be shaken. You say, I don't know about that, Pastor. There's a lot of shaking going on. Do you realize there can be a whole lot of shaking going on, but you not be shaken because your faith is secure where it should be. Can I get a good amen? <laughs> amen. Let's keep reading. A righteous man will be what? Remembered forever. In other words, you're going to leave a legacy. And I want to leave one that's godly. So here's some things that I want us to prepare for through the end of the year. And and the first one is a project that we have done last year, and I want to do this service project again one more time. And I think we have a slide. It is the old little child service project. We're partnering again this holiday season with Agape Pregnancy Center. And what we want you to do is start buying some baby clothes, some baby blankets. What I asked, I called this week, I said, what are some needs? They said, clothes and blankets and toys. So that's what they need. And I did a little shopping myself. I went to Once Upon a Child and they had brand new clothes, and they, and they want these with the tags still on them because they want the girls who come in there to know that we don't think that they're second rate. We're just, number one, we're so grateful they're keeping the child. Can I get an amen? amen. And number two, that we're wanting to bless them. Now, if this doesn't want you to be a grandparent, <laughs> just my size. Isn't that cute? Oh, everybody go, ah. But take a look at this. I spent a hundred bucks and look at what all I got. Brand new clothes. You say, well, I don't have a hundred bucks. Well, let me show you. There's three outfits in this. It's five dollars and fifty cents. You can give three outfits, can't you? Don't don't buy two Coca-Colas in the next two months and you can pay for this. Come on, somebody. Isn't that cool? That's a hundred bucks. That's a lot of clothes. Most of these packages have three to five different outfits. And if you've ever had a child, you know you need three to five outfits in a day because of the things, all the beautiful things that babies do. So we want to partner with them. And uh, what I love about this is that I want you to bring them in 
December the 1st. It's the first Sunday in December. So we have three weeks. Everybody say three weeks. Three weeks. And you can buy the little blankets. You can buy the little baby toys. You can buy um, the little outfits. And we can be a blessing to these girls that need our help. And they, they need to, to feel the love of Jesus. And I love what Agape Pregnancy Center does. And they're, they're such a beautiful help to our community. Don't, don't you appreciate them? Yes. Amen. I, I do too. The other thing that I want you to do this season, and we have these for you. They're, they're at the guest services table, and it's called God Loves You. Something extra to show you God loves you. And what we want to do is, with these cards in this season, we want to let people know how much we are giving. We're thanksgiving. We're thankful for others. So when you're at the drive through for coffee or fast food, you can pay for the person behind them. Make sure there's not like 10 kids in the car behind you. But you can, you can buy their coffee. You can buy their uh, whatever it is, that wherever you're at. Or maybe you want to give a honkin' tip. Does anybody know what a honkin' tip is? You've never waited on tables then. A honkin' tip is when the people at the table, you've served them well, and they give you a really big, fat tip. And what I want you to do, if you'll take a bunch of these home with you, they're at the guest services table, take as many as you want, and maybe after service today, if you're going out to eat, Someone has served you, even if they served you, maybe not in their best way. Maybe they need a little bit of love of God shown to them today. And you can just say, hey, this is for you. And and, and it's one of those kind of tips where the person comes back and they say, "Uh, I'm sorry, there seems to be a mistake on your gratuity. It's one of those kind of tips where you just bless them. From time to time, I'm able to do that, and it really makes their day, and uh and I love it when I can put this with it because it lets them know God loves you. And on the back side, it has the church information on it. So when you go through the drive-thru, what you can do is just say, Hey, I'm paying for the coffee behind me. Would you give this to them when they get their coffee? And then they're able to see that God actually loves them. And here's some proof. You got some free mocha from the master. Because when you've done it as to the least of these, amen? What is so alarming is that during this season, more people commit suicide between Thanksgiving and Christmas than the other 11 months combined. I don't think it's that they have more problems at this season. I think it's more that they feel their problems more at this season. And so this is a good way to just really share the love of God. Um, We can do it before Christmas. We can start in November. And also what we do every year, we ask that you give Life Church a Christmas present as well. Because we have staff that has a want list, yay long. And as we're giving our gifts to everyone else, would you consider giving Heart for the house offering, and it's December the 15th. December the 15th. So we have another month, and, and we, what we want to do is we want to bless Life Church a little bit extra while we're in the Christmas giving spirit, 
and just be able to get some of the wishes that our staff have. It will be a big blessing to them. And then the last thing that I want to share with you that we're going to do this year is Christmas at the movies. So starting in December, we're going to have an exciting sermon series that you can invite other people to church and bring as many unchurched people with you as possible. And on those Sundays, why is this important? Because they will have an opportunity to accept Christ. And and what we're doing is we're going to share some truths through some of the movies that we see at the Christmas season and we're, we're just going to put some biblical truths to them so that people, a lot, you, you have to understand, so many people are unchurched and church kind of scares them. And some of you, you, you cut your teeth on a wooden pew. And I, I love, I love all you who have done that. You, you, you've risked your life going to church by the people getting happy dancing in church. You know what I'm talking about? But there's so many that have not a clue. They don't have a clue of being raised in church. They don't. They didn't have a parent that brought them. They may have had a grandparent that bring them maybe once or twice a year. So this is a great opportunity for you to be passionate to bring somebody with you so that they could, not out of obligation, but just coming Sitting with you, you might want to say, hey, come with me to church and I'll take you after, out to eat afterwards. So here's the thing. What I, want to, what I want to say about all this is, and I, I want you to get this part. This, this is the most important. Serving God should be a delight. Serving God should be a delight and not a duty. And if you want to put that in your notes, I left that empty on purpose. Serving God should be a delight and not a duty. It shouldn't be obligation. It should be passion. Everyone say passion. The have to versus I get to. Well, some of you don't enjoy prayer. You just know that you need to. You know, and it has created a, 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 a generation of religious people and and, and they're just following God out of a sense of obligation. But I want Life Church to be the kind of person that has the passion, the passion of serving God as a delight, serving God as a joy. It shouldn't be something you're made to do. It, it's something that is so passionate for you. This is a bold statement. If you do not have the sheer delight, then just don't do it. Out of these four things we talked about, the old little child, the agape service project, or the random acts of kindness, if that's not something you're interested in doing and you're not passionate about it, don't do it at all. I want you to do it because you're passionate about this. I want you to do it because it's a delight. I get to, and not that I, I have to. I'm looking for a church that says, oh, I can't wait to get my lost friend with me in church in December. I can't wait to get them to church. I I can't wait to give to my church. I can't wait to give to a stranger. I know nothing about them, but I, I can't wait 
to go and give a big fat honking tip to somebody. I'm looking for sheer passion behind what we do because if we do this, we can make a difference in our world. And this is just a few ways of how we can do it. God wants you to fall in love with him. It's a delight, Lord. It's it's a passion I have. Serving God should be a delight, not a duty. Church should not be endured. Church should be enjoyed. And if you will give me the chance, Life Church, I will lead you that way. And I will show you scriptures to prove that this thing actually works and that this is how God wants us to be. Let's, let's look at Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. Philippians chapter 2, verse 13. For it is God who works in you to will. Did you catch that? For it is God who works in you to will. Or in other words, he can help change your will to, be, to become willing to read your Bible, to become passionate about praying, to be passionate about giving to someone else. It's not that I have to, it's I want to. Let's keep reading. And to act in order to fulfill his good purpose. Now, another translation says it like this. For God is working in you, giving you the desire. Everyone say desire. Giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. That's from the New Living Translation. So in, I want to lead you this season, if you will let me, so that you will find the joy of legacy. So that you can find the joy of legacy. Kim and I this year gave one of our biggest offerings to Life Church that we, I think that we've ever given in one setting. And it was a pure joy to be able to do it. God has been good. We bless God in return. And you know, you cannot outgive Him. You just can't outgive Him. I, I bless strangers. I love to, to surprise them. And I can't wait to start using these cards this season. Acts of kindness, giving, inviting people to church. That's, this is what this season's all about. Let's look in Exodus. I want to show you another scripture. Exodus 35 and 21. Then everyone came. Now, we're talking about an offering they took in the Bible. Let's read about it. Then everyone came whose heart was stirred and everyone whose spirit was willing. And that's what I'm looking for. I want to stir your heart. I want you to believe this is my favorite season, legacy. Let's read on. And they brought the Lord's offering for the work of the tabernacle of meeting. Now this next scripture, historians say this is one of the greatest offerings that's ever been given in the world at one setting. Let's let's take a look at this. Now, their church was set up, take down, set up, take down, because they were in a tent. It was called the tabernacle. But David said, I don't think so. God needs a beautiful house. And David was passionate about this. Look at 1 Chronicles 29, starting with verse 3. We're going to jump around in in these scriptures. Moreover, because I have set my what? Everyone say affection. Everybody say affection. There we go. 
Moreover, because I have set my affection on the house of my God. Now, if David had a Twitter account, he would say, hashtag, I love my church. So this is what he's saying here. Because I have set my affection on the house of God, I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house or what God had required of them. Now, who is willing to concentrate himself today, concentrate himself today to the Lord? Then the leaders, they're getting fired up too, of the father's houses, leaders of the tribes of Israel, the captains of thousands and of hundreds, and the officials in charge of the king's work gave, not because they had to, but notice how they gave as well. How? Willingly. That's right. They gave towards the work of the temple of God. So then, here he's going to tell us more about this. The people, and these were the people that were watching, said, I want to be part of this too. They rejoiced at the willing response of their leaders, for they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. David the king also rejoiced greatly. All these things I have given willingly and with honest intent, and now... I have seen with joy how willingly your people who are here have given to you. And that's what I want too. I want people that that will say, I love my church. I love life church. And God is looking for it too. Look in the New Testament, 2 Corinthians 8 verse 12. For if the willingness is there, you might want to circle that word. If the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable unto God. That's why he says he loves the cheerful giver. If the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable. The question is, okay, so how do I get that kind of heart? And this is what I believe. I believe it is when you define the why. Why am I doing this? Why do I come to church? Why do I read the Bible? Why do I pray? Why do I witness? Why do I be a part of agape? Why do I pay for someone's coffee? You, I believe you get this heart when you define the whys. The why motivates it all. The wise motivates it all. You got to know the wise. Some of you really need this principle because I think this is important, and, and I may have put this in your notes. Yes, it's down at the bottom. I want you to fill this in. When I lose my why, I lose my way. When I lose my why, <laughs> I'll lose my way. Some of you have lost your way. Because you've lost your why. I know it's quiet in here, but it's the truth anyway. Some of you, your marriage is in trouble because you've lost your why. So you're losing your way. Some of you are, are really having a problem at your job. You realize there was a day when you begged for that job. You, you wanted that job. If you know your why. Your why is you, 
You like to eat. You want to provide for your family. And it seems like a great business to be a part of. Don't lose the why. And I know we get tired of our jobs and you, you want a different one. I get all that. But the problem is sometimes we just forget. There was a day when you chose to serve the Lord. And then there was a day you forgot all that he's done for you. Am I speaking to anyone today? You forgot all that Christ has done for you. And now you're finding your spiritual life is dull and it's, it's just dead. And you're struggling. You needed to get it back to life again. How? Remember the why. In your marriages, at your jobs, in your relationships, in your family situation, at school. So, why should you be part of this legacy? We, we have our mission statement, and it's love God, love people, and make a difference in the world. I think it's so important that we don't lose the why. And I'll be honest with you. There are times being a pastor, I feel like giving up. I just want to quit. Because you do things for people and they don't even tell you that they're leaving. And, you, and it's discouraging, I'll be honest. But you know, when those moments come, what did I do? I forgot something, didn't I? I forgot the why I do it in the first place. God's called me to do this. He gives grace for this. And it can be discouraging. I, I, I get all that. But I can't forget the why. Why I do this. I do this because I'm called. I do this because I love people. This whole Christianity thing is about people. And if you ever lose that, you lose the why, you lose your way. And every time I find myself discouraged, I come back to the why I do this. And you will have to do the same thing. Why? And I always go back to my example. For God so loved the world. That's us. He gave. And think about all the people who rejected him and who rejects him. And yet, he just keeps loving. He doesn't forget the why. Because that's you and I. I pray that your hearts would receive the word today. And I pray that you would have an open heart and mind about this legacy season. And I, I pray that you do. But if you have a problem with it, I don't want you to be part of it. I want a church that's passionate. And I'm standing up here with a sinus headache and with a band around my head. <laughs> Some of you know exactly what I'm talking about. And I am pleading with you to understand your whys. Understand that today I want to be passionate. Thanksgiving for God so loved that he gave his only son whosoever believeth, yes, there's the key 
Do you believe? I believe. And I want to be part of this. I want to be passionate about this. I'm, I, I want to share the good news. I want to share what God has done for me. I love Life Church. I, I love to give. I love this sermon series that's coming up in December. Why? Because somebody who's never been to church can come to church and, and, and be a little bit more at ease. Sometimes we think church is just all about us. <laughs> Isn't that silly? God so loved the world he gave. I pray that that's your passion. had a health scare this week and I thought something really bad was happening to me and I thought God have I have I led Life Church to the point that they are passionate for you in their praise like Mary that we talked about last week passionate in loving others and giving I pray that I have because that is what the gospel is all about it's loving others for those that are struggling in any areas of your life, always remember your why's. And it'll keep you on the right.